Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. In a world on the brink of disruption, two men will bring you clarity by interviewing some of the most intelligent and influential names in the blockchain world. Welcome to Show Me the Crypto with your hosts, Wade Patterson and Ulf Lonegren. Well, hi there and welcome to Show Me the Crypto. My name is Wade Patterson. And I'm Ulf Lonegren. We're a couple of friends from Canada who love learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, and we're happy you're along for the ride. Whether you're a crypto virgin or you know your way around the block, we hope our interviews with some of the most intelligent and influential people in the blockchain space help deliver you with value. And on this episode, we're joined by Alex Wilson, co-founder of The Giving Block. Prior to launching The Giving Block, Alex worked with Fortune 500 companies as a management consultant and happened to end up on a team that was focused on emerging technologies. That introduction to blockchain led Alex down the crypto rabbit hole, and in 2018, he and Pat Duffy co-founded the Giving, the Giving Block with a mission of making it easy for nonprofits to accept cryptocurrency donations. Alex, welcome to Show Me the Crypto. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're stoked to have you. And so I touched on this in the bio, but can you give some context around what your initial impression of crypto was when you discovered blockchain technology for the first time? Yeah, so it was kind of a combination. You, you mentioned one of them, and that was my last job as a management consultant. You know, that part was more around like the enterprise blockchain stuff. Um, and at first, I uh, I don't know, I guess I was delusional as everyone else and thought blockchain was going to solve every problem in the world, right? <laughs> um, and then started learning more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies more generally, you know, started trading, investing in 2017, rode the, the hype wave in 2017 and thought I was a genius like everyone else at the time, right? <laughs> like everyone um, right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like everyone right now. Um, but what really actually ended up getting me the most excited about cryptocurrency, I, I started hearing about it more and more in sort of, I would say, libertarian circles and even some of like the human rights angles of it, right? Um, like this, this, just, this concept of having money that isn't backed by a government or a company, I just thought was like so amazing. And, and like what that meant for the everyday person, especially in countries... Uh, where maybe they don't have as many freedoms as as we do in the U.S. and Canada, right? Um, it's a game changer. 100%. And at what point did you and Pat come together and, and come up with this idea for the Giving Block? Yeah, so uh, I, it's funny. So Pat and I went to college together, and for the longest time, Pat was actually pretty anti-crypto. <laughs> he was a huge skeptic. And uh <laughs> You know, I just kept sending him stuff like the Bitcoin white paper, like articles here and there. And, and eventually he came on board, started trading crypto too in 2017. Um, and he actually was working at a nonprofit at the time. Hmm. And we saw things like uh, the Pineapple Fund happening. Are you guys familiar with the Pineapple Fund? I'm not, no. no. So at the end of 2017, someone posted on Reddit basically saying, hey, I made a gazillion dollars investing in Bitcoin and I want to give most of it away now. Like, hey, nonprofits, apply below. Um, and ended up giving away $56 million worth of Bitcoin to 60 wow. different nonprofits on Reddit. It's um, amazing. 
And we basically saw them and others trying to give Bitcoin to charities and them having no clue how to accept it. And we realized there wasn't really an easy way for them to do so. I mean, sure, anyone can, you know, download a wallet or open an exchange account. Um, but that's, you know, not the best when you're trying to accept donations on their, their website and stuff like that. So that's how the idea was born. We basically pitched his boss on like, hey, we want to make it easy for nonprofits to accept crypto. And after a lot of convincing and answering the usual questions of, you know, I thought crypto was just for money laundering, um, we eventually got them on board to let us basically pilot it with them for a year while we built the product. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years and, and you know, we opened it up to, to everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. So what is specifically the process for maybe someone who's listening, who's part of a nonprofit? How do they go about doing this and being able to accept those donations? Yeah. So one big thing is it's, it's pretty high touch the way we do it. We, we really kind of hold your hand through the whole process, everything from the compliance onboarding for getting the back end set up and then getting, you know, your donation page and the donation widget set up and all that kind of stuff. So we've got people that kind of guide them through the whole process. But of course, one of the big components of getting onboarded is we open up a cryptocurrency exchange account for them. We've partnered with Gemini actually. Mm. So they handle all the back end stuff. So they've got to go through their usual compliance stuff, which is almost like opening a bank account. So Nothing too surprising. <laughs> and I imagine that you accept or the, these charities can accept uh, Bitcoin. Are there other cryptocurrencies as well that uh, are also um, acceptable through the giving block? Yeah. So right now we accept about 13 different cryptocurrencies. So, of course, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Litecoin, Zcash, uh, a bunch of ERC-20 tokens, um, like BAT and LINK, for example, or DAI and GUSD. Um, we're in the process of adding support for more, um, probably a total of about 30 pretty soon. Um, and the big thing to keep in mind with that is, you know, in a lot of countries, you know, trading from one crypto to another is actually a taxable event. Mm. So you want to give the donor flexibility to be able to donate in as many different cryptocurrencies as possible. But obviously, we're not going to list all 5,000 or whatever it is on CoinGecko, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. So what pushback, if any, have you gotten? Because I mean, it seems like a no brainer to be able to accept these donations, the fact that you'll have access to more funds. But in conversations you've had with nonprofits, is there any friction? Or if so, what are their pain points in wanting to do this? There's a lot of friction. <laughs> so it's, you know, we're basically trying to sell something innovative to one of the least innovative industries out there. So it's always been an uphill battle. Um, you know, nonprofits aren't necessarily ever known for being innovative, but hopefully we're helping change that. Um, but in, in general, you know, it's, you have skeptics at nonprofits, just like you have skeptics at every company, right? So just you go through the same thing that the general public does when they talk about and think about cryptocurrencies, right? So like the headlines of, oh, you know, I don't know, this is used for money laundering or this is just for criminals or Silk Road, right? So like walking them through all like the, the history of it and, and basically there's a lot of education involved, but it's funny, sometimes the biggest skeptics end up becoming the biggest supporters and they're the ones like sending us a Coindesk article at like 2 a.m. Like, hey, did you see this? Like, how can we do a charitable component of this? <laughs> That's awesome. In that regard, has it at all gotten easier over time, um, you know, since from the time you started pitching this to charities until today? Yeah, it's, it's definitely gotten easier. Um, and, you know, 
big headlines like, you know, Tesla and Elon Musk buying Bitcoin goes a long way in, in yeah. reassuring them that there's people out there using it and they're buying it. <laughs> um, and they're always surprised to hear like, oh, wow, the entire crypto market cap is worth two trillion now. That usually blows their mind. They're like, oh, I thought this was like, you know, 10 guys on the Internet trading with each other. <laughs> um, so it's definitely getting easier as they as they're exposed to it more and more. So there's an obvious benefit here for the nonprofits to receive more donations. But in terms of I've heard you say this on other interviews that there's actually tax efficiencies or benefits for donors themselves. Do you mind kind of explaining what what that is? Yeah. And, and I'll kind of explain this from like a U.S. centric lens, although it's it's relatively similar in a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you guys have probably seen the headlines of like, let's say Jack Dorsey, for example, donating a billion dollars worth of square stock to a I can't remember how many nonprofits, but a lot. Yeah. You know, there's a reason he's donating stocks instead of just writing a check. Um, and the reason is, you know, the IRS treats uh, cryptocurrency stocks and other things as property. So when you donate appreciated property like crypto, um, the donor doesn't have to pay capital gains taxes and you get a fair market value deduction at the time of donation. Um, and the nonprofit, because they're a nonprofit, doesn't pay taxes on it. So right. it's really a win-win all around. And you know, for a lot of people, that's like a 30% difference. You're getting a 30% higher deduction, you're donating 30% more, and the nonprofit's getting 30% more. So it's it's pretty incredible compared to you know using a credit card or something. <laughs> it seems like it almost comes down to who would you rather give some of your money to the government or your favorite nonprofit type thing. Yeah, we we use a, a similar slogan like you know would you rather donate to the IRS or your favorite nonprofit? Um, and I think that really resonates with a lot of people, especially in crypto, just because of how people in crypto are, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would imagine last year, so. Almost a year exactly uh, from now when we're recording this, about a year and a month, we entered this time of, of uncertainty, right? Mid-March, where at least here in Canada, I think for a lot of the states, a lot of places starting to go into lockdown, people working from home. And with that level of uncertainty, people were tight on their finances, not wanting to be spending in areas that maybe they would have previously First off, how did that affect the nonprofit sector? And then the second question is, did you see a growth in companies coming to you looking for innovative ways to donate? Yeah. So overall, the, the impact on the nonprofit industry is pretty devastating. Um, and to be honest, pretty similar or maybe even worse than like the impact on small businesses that had to close, right? Um, so like the overall economic impact, of course, hits them pretty hard too. Um, because, you know, if you lose your job, you're probably not donating that month, right? Um, things like that. So there's a lot of nonprofits that unfortunately, you know, just didn't make it just like a lot of businesses just didn't make it and, and don't exist anymore. Um, and then there's the other side of the spectrum too, though, where some nonprofits were really good at, you know, pivoting and changing what they're doing or how they're messaging it and, you know, raising more money than ever. For example, mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, provided a lot of COVID relief or, or a really good example, I would say, is when we worked with uh, No Kid Hungry. Right. Uh, they were providing meals to kids who would have normally gotten them in school, um, but now we're basically going hungry for you know almost a year when they were out of school, right? Um, so groups like that really did an awesome job and, and raised a lot of money. But overall, it really accelerated a lot of these nonprofits going digital. 
because as you can imagine, a lot of these nonprofits still relied a lot on, you know, like literal physical events, like a nonprofit gala, a charity walk, a charity golf tournament, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so it was kind of like an adapt or die kind of situation, right? Like they have their galas online now, they have all these other events online. Um, and for us at first, they were all like, oh, there's no way we're spending money on like trying to figure out how to do crypto right now when we are just trying to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow. Um, that, that was the short-term impact. It was pretty bad. But then I would say a couple months in, things kind of flipped to, you know, we need to find a way to diversify our revenue and find new donors, basically. And crypto was one of those ways that a lot of them had never tried before. And they're like, all right, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Um, and then, of course, you know, once you get a handful of them on board, it, it gets easier and easier. You mentioned the challenge that uh, they had in mind, which is we're not going to spend more money trying to figure out how to accept crypto. How does that work? Like uh, from your side as a business that's helping enable these charities to accept donations, what is what are the costs to to the charities to you know go down that path? Yeah. So we try to keep our business model really straightforward and, and basically model it based off of what they're used to a vendor relationship looking like with other fundraising platforms. So we basically came up with a bunch of different packages of varying costs, um, which are basically like an annual subscription. And, you know, the main difference between the packages is basically how much handholding do you want? Um, and it's things like, you know, even things like we always joke with them, like we just don't want you to write Bitcoin as two words because you're going to scare the donors if you do, like even helping them get like the messaging right. So bottom line is there's a huge range. Um, and because of that, you know, we have something that works well for small nonprofits and big nonprofits and, you know, everyone in between. I'm curious about your your upbringing. And I know for Pat, he had a previous background in the nonprofit sector, but is this something that you always had in your mind, a field that you were interested in or giving back in general, was that something you've always been passionate about? Yeah, o overall, um, I so kind of two components of it. One was I've always been pretty entrepreneurial, even in like high school, like basically selling stuff on eBay for people, had like a small landscaping business. I always knew I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what it was going to be yet, right? I was always looking for that opportunity. Um, and then the other part of it was, I'm a big believer in basically making as much money as I can so that I can give it away eventually, <laughs> cool. um, which you could effectively call like, you know, there's this uh, effective altruism movement um, that a lot of people, even like uh, SBF from FTX is, is big into it and a lot of others in crypto. Um, so I definitely plan on giving away a huge portion of my wealth uh, eventually. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I do want to run companies and, and I don't think this will be my last business, I hope. <laughs> I love it. And so when these nonprofits are receiving the cryptocurrency donations, from your experience, what are they doing then? Are they holding on to those in crypto or are they flipping them into fiat right away so they can use them for, you know, whatever they do on a daily basis? Yeah. So we give them the choice of doing either one. It's totally up to them. Uh, but as you can imagine, the majority still want it automatically converted to U.S. dollars uh, because they want to put that money to use pretty much right away. Um, some of the ones, maybe if they don't need the money right away and they're starting to get more familiar with crypto, will hold on to it. Um, we literally have like the feature is called HODL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so when they when they turn that on, we're like, all right, when we turn this off, like you guys are kind of on your own. Like we're not going to tell you like when to sell because we're not going to be financial advice. And also don't try to time the tops and bottoms perfectly because you never will. 
Uh, so if you're going to do this, basically make sure you've got a plan and don't just like see it going up or down one day and take some like emotional decision, you know? <laughs> exactly. So if I understood that right, does some of these donations automatically as part of the process, they convert right away to fiat? Yeah. They, to, to they a stable coin? Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So they, they can have it automatically converted if they want. Okay. Okay. So right now we're in a bull market and at some point we'll probably hit a bear market and it's very tough, like you just said, to predict when these market cycles are going to change and shift. How do those cycles, though, impact uh, cryptocurrency donations uh, from your experience? Like you mentioned, you guys launched in 2018. Well, there was a few years of bear market there. What was the interest like in people wanting to donate their crypto versus what it is today? It was rough when we started this in a bear market. I mean, we couldn't have started at a worse time, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> like trying to convince people to give away crypto in 2018 was close to impossible. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the bear market has definitely helped a lot, as you can imagine, because the more crypto goes up, the more potential capital gains people have, right? Um, but I would say even, even a bigger influence or sort of a related influence, I guess, is, um, and this is applies to like stock donation, other gifts too, not just crypto, but a lot of donations happen towards the end of the year in the last quarter, because that's when everyone's like talking to their accountant or their financial advisor and like, holy shit, I'm going to owe how much in taxes? Uh, What are my options to try to reduce this? It's like, all right, let me get some donations in before December 31st. Um, So there's always like a huge spike in donations the last few months of the year. Um, And other than that, you know, you, you basically see spikes in donations when people are taking profit. Um, because that's when they're like, all right, I just incurred a capital gains event. Now let's go offset that with these five charities, you know. Is the this kind of, I guess, going back a bit to those um, sort of roadblocks that may be apparent, but, you know, talking about a bear market and, and when things are on a downturn, um, is that, is the does the volatility of crypto make that conversation so like a lot more difficult or are there easy answers you can provide such as you know what you already mentioned the ability to have those donations automatically converted into fiat does that kind of negate any sort of volatility argument yeah so when we started this the first request was like there cannot be any volatility like this needs to sell like essentially immediately like that was always their biggest fear. So we're like, all right, that's our number one feature right out of the gate. Um, so that's certainly a concern that comes up all the time. They're like, well, what if we get a donation worth $50,000 and then we wake up and it's worth $10? And I was like, well, it's not that volatile. But <laughs> <laughs> or there's so, yeah, we, we explain the auto conversion feature or they're still convinced some people, you know, that like, oh, this is probably going to go to zero eventually. But like, we'll take the donations while we can get them. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, you'll come around. kind of. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so for you as a business, then how do you prepare? Because, again, this is all people have different theories on what might happen with the market. But if we experience what historically has happened with some of these four-year cycles, uh, bull run, and then a bear market following, there might be another couple rough years, just like you said, in 2018. (laughs) So how do you as a business, like how are you gearing up for that? That's a great question and something we think about all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I don't think there's really necessarily an easy way to prepare for that, right? It's always going to be tough. I would say... Um, the biggest thing we're thinking through is like, how do you create like a, a sustainable flow of donations for the nonprofits, right? Even when the market's down. 
Um, and I think the biggest is just continuing to get in front of more and more crypto users and just keep growing that pool of potential donors that we're getting in front of. So hopefully, even if the market goes down, we're getting in front of more and more people over time, basically, to help hopefully smooth that out a good bit. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I mean, us three are, are pretty biased, but like we think crypto is going to continue to keep getting more and more widely adopted, whether that means the price is going to keep going up nonstop or not. Regardless, like people are going to start using crypto more and more for everything, whether it's donating, paying for things like as that happens, crypto donations are also going to become more and more common as well. Um, like the majority of crypto users still have no clue, one, that you can donate crypto even, right? Or, or maybe even think of that. And two, like 99% of them, I'm sure, don't know about the tax benefits yet. So it's still like early days, um, but, you know, a lot to look forward to. Alf, <laughs> do you realize that our audience has either been watching or listening to this episode for 20 minutes? 20 minutes? They should probably subscribe. Yeah, they should subscribe and they should like and comment and hit that notifications bell. Oh, and did you tell them about the NFTs? That's right. We have our own NFT for our OG supporters. This is a way you can support our show, help us bring you continual great content. Information on that is below. I'm actually curious myself uh, in regards to those tax benefits. We were kind of talking about it uh, before from the angle of, you know, receiving these donations. But what about for like, like for an average everyday investor who's made some money in crypto is it at all do you find that users don't want to give away their crypto so why would i donate my crypto is that ever an argument yeah and you know in general people that have crypto do not want to get rid of their crypto right like that's like the craziest concept to some people that like why would i ever give up my crypto and and we see like even on twitter comments like that like what are you crazy like i'm not giving you my bitcoin like i'm donating with a credit card um and that's usually when we've got to explain like the tax benefits and we're like no like you're actually saving money if you donate crypto instead um, or rather, you're, yeah, because you're getting a bigger, higher tax deduction. The other thing we always say is like, if you're intent on keeping, let's say, the same amount of Bitcoin and you're already donating with a credit card, like, I don't know, 100 bucks a month, what you should be doing is donating Bitcoin instead every month and then repurchasing $100 worth of Bitcoin because you're basically keeping your same position and raising your cost basis. So it's like a tax arbitrage opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That does make sense, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, going a different direction here, Alex, um, Bitcoin has this history of, <laughs> especially in the early days, a lot of people would associate it with these illicit things. And you even mentioned Silk Road earlier in the conversation. And what you're doing is interesting because it's quite the opposite. It's it's giving crypto and Bitcoin like this really positive connotation as opposed to what it's historically been associated with. And this isn't, I don't know if I have a question here, but just other than how does it feel to be involved in something like that? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we're doing this is because we love crypto, right? We mm -hmm. want to see crypto get adopted. And in a lot of ways, we see this as one massive PR campaign for the industry, right? We always say, like, imagine if you heard about crypto for the first time because your favorite charity just got a million dollar Bitcoin donation. Like being introduced to crypto in that way is so different than how most people learn about crypto. 
Um, and, you know, when these nonprofits get donations, they talk about them. I mean, they're playing a huge role in adoption. Some of these clients we work with have millions of followers across their social media channels and are posting in a very positive way about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. So we really think it's it's hard to measure. Right. But it's certainly having an impact on people and, and how they view cryptocurrency. I love it. As as a Bitcoin and crypto <laughs> enthusiast, it's so awesome to uh, just talk to someone even who's you know, doing something so positive in this space, because let's face it, a lot of the time, you know, all we're talking about is is price, you know, price movements and things like that, which is kind of like the greedier side of humans, too. So even if we're not talking about straight up, you know, criminal activity, um, it's still just nice to talk about something that's charitable. It's it's all about giving it. It's, it's a good feel thing. Right. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask about is I noticed on your website, uh, you've got these hashtags for Bitcoin Tuesday and bag season. Can you tell us a little bit about those and what they mean? Yeah. So uh, are you guys familiar with Giving Tuesday? It, it's really more U.S. centric, but it started to go global. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Giving Tuesday is the biggest day of donations around the world every year. And it's always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Um, so last year, for example, it was December 1st. This year, I think it's going to be like one of the last days in November. But basically, it's this day where everyone goes all out, you know, trying to raise money for nonprofits. And, you know, it's right after Cyber Monday. So it's like, all right, I just bought a new TV. Like I'm going to donate now the next day, you know. Um, and I think last year, something like maybe four or $500 million were raised on that day alone for nonprofits. Wow. Um, and so we're like, all right, well, we need a crypto version, right? We're going to start our own Bitcoin Tuesday and run it in parallel. Um, and then basically we're like, all right, well, we're obviously going to want to keep promoting something along these lines, like through December and through the end of the year when everyone's thinking about donations. So we created bag season and, you know, there's kind of two pieces of it, like bags, like you think about in crypto, like donate your bags but then BAG also like Bitcoin annual gifts. Um, so, you know, that's something we'll keep doing every year. We'll just keep doing like a massive campaign always for like the last month of the year. And last year it was awesome. In December, we raised millions of dollars in, in crypto donations. So Alex, you were named one of Cointelegraph's 100 most notable people in the blockchain space for 2021. What does that kind of recognition mean to you? Yeah. I mean, it was awesome to see. Um, You know, I I don't know if there were any other people or companies on those lists that were doing charitable work. I think we were probably the only one. Um, We were hoping they were going to put my co-founder on there with me. Um, So it's really a a group effort between the two of us. I mean, we started this together and we're co-founders. So we were joking with them that, you know, he'll be on it next year. I got it this year. (laughs) Does does this give you some sort of bragging rights or... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm going to have to remind him about it all the time. I guess, you know? <laughs> um, no, but, it, but it was awesome to see. And, and Cointelegraph in general has been an awesome partner in promoting charitable use cases for crypto. Um, and every piece like that really helps get the word out there, right, about crypto donations. We want to make donating crypto more top of mind. And being on lists like that, having good coverage about our clients and the campaigns we're running, every little piece we can do to get in front of more crypto users is really helpful. One of the things that I think is so cool is that you, so did you say you discovered the space in 2017 or was it? Yeah, 2017 was when I first actually started buying crypto. Um, and I just like, you know, saw it mentioned before then, but never really took it seriously. <laughs> so this is what I love. People who, I, I think most people who discovered crypto in 2017 bought 
saw these meteoric price raises or the the upward trend of prices and then suddenly early 2018 as we know this massive crash and then years of bear market and the few who stuck around during that time um that it was a very few as a very minority and that kind of thing so i guess the question for you uh starting the company was that a difficult thing to do after seeing like the prices fall that far yeah, it was it was brutal, and like like everyone else in crypto, we're like, all right, this has got to be the bottom, right? It, it can't just keep going down, <laughs> and then it just kept going down. We're like, whew, it's gonna be a tougher and tougher pitch to nonprofits when they just see the price going down every day for <laughs> over a year. Um, but in the end, I think that's part of the reason why things have been so successful now is because we had to start in pretty much the worst environment ever. Um, and I think, you know, even outside of crypto, there's lots of examples of companies like Uber starting during a financial crisis. And in, in some ways, you have less competition when you're starting when everyone else is struggling, right? Um, you can kind of build that base with less competition in a lot of ways. And then you learn a lot in the process because you're having to do everything so well to even make it work that once things do turn around and get better, that just gets, you know, it's exponential. <laughs> 100%. Awesome. Alex, this has been an awesome conversation. You're <clears throat> you're going to be episode number 20. And we've never had a guest like you who's doing what you do. So this is really cool. But we like to end every episode of Show Me the Crypto with a three question segment called You Had Me at Crypto. All right, All right Alex, you ready for this? Yeah. Who's your favorite person to follow in the crypto space? Favorite person following the crypto space? I actually got to say Arthur Hayes. I am a huge mm. fan. Every time he puts out a blog post, and I know people have mixed opinions about Arthur Hayes and BitMEX and everything, but I, I love jumping into those blog posts when he puts those out. Cool. cool. Uh, what will the price of Bitcoin be 10 years from now? Whew, 10 years. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's say I, I think uh, a million is in is certainly in reach. That is the most popular answer by Indeed. far. Most people say a million. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it always gets me thinking, like, is the herd generally right or wrong? <laughs> because if everybody's thinking a million, we're either, and if it's that, we're usually wrong. Are we wrong and it's going to be way higher? Mm -hmm. Or are we wrong and it's going to be way lower? That's the Time will question. tell. Time yeah. will tell. Time I, would, will I would actually bet probably higher in the scenario. Because if you think about 10 years, Bitcoin's only been around for a little bit longer than 10 years, right? So... Hopefully higher. <laughs> I tend to agree with you on that. <laughs> All right. Third question here. What is the most underrated coin or project in crypto? What about Bitcoin? That's fair. That's a fair answer. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll yeah, take absolutely. It. <laughs> I like that one. Awesome. Alex, this has been a wicked episode. Thank you so much for joining Ulf and I on this episode of Show Me the Crypto. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Show Me the Crypto. Please make sure to subscribe as well as rate and review this podcast.